Welcome to the CineScare Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Matt Speak, and across from me is the, the handsome Mr. Joe Jans. Wow, I didn't realize we were going to start off being so complimentary, but I'll take it. Yes, I am also one of your hosts, Joe Jans. And below him, at least on my screen, you guys can't see this, but below him, which is fitting that he's below, he's the low man, <laughs> is our super fan resident uh what what what's the next thing I was going to say? Re- resident Evil? I uh... <laughs> Super fan, resident, resident, resident super fan. Oh yeah, resident super fan. There we go. Yeah. Hi, I'm Mark Biscati, super fan, in charge of Twitter right. account. Yeah, and that's yes. right. So if you are on Twitter, uh, look for us at Cinescare uh, on twi- on. Well, it's I, I, how do you say it? Cinescare <laughs> at Cinescare. You mean how do we say Cinescare the name of our podcast? And at yeah, as long go. as we're doling out compliments, I, I want to throw one Mark's way because he's been uh, handling mm-hmm. our social media outs and just knocking it out of the park. Not like the Cubs, but more like the Sox. He's been doing an excellent job. Yeah, he has actually been doing uh, two, 2016 Cub-like uh, work. Not 2018 Cub-like, 2016 Cub-like work. And uh uh, yeah, no, we thank him. He's, he's, we're getting lots more followers. So if you are on Twitter, please go find us at Cinescare there on Twitter. And uh, uh, Mark has been starting all kinds of conversations and and uh, getting things going. Uh, how how give us a little report from Twitterland, Mark? Well, Twitterland is it the horror community on Twitter is very very embracing. Um, they they've put their arms out wrapped us up in a nice warm blanket and has uh, accepted us. Uh, We're at like 157 uh, followers from uh, seven followers when I first started. Um, I've been following other podcasts. I've been actually uh, uh, listening to podcasts uh, once a day, you know, just to show some love, like even out of, you know, the horror, you know, podcasts and out of your comfort zone. Um, I've just been listening to other podcasts, and they've been uh, doing the same also. So it's 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 been a it's been a lot of fun so far. Um, the the dark Twitter web hasn't really engulfed us yet, <laughs> so that's good. We got a we got a weird friend request on there, or a weird follow, I guess. They don't do friend requests on Twitter, right? It's a follow or something. Right. Uh, last week, but uh, yeah, pretty so far we have not delved too deeply into the weirdness that is the web. Yeah, it's it, it's but, been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun, and I'm hoping uh, to get more followers, and uh, we're gonna follow more uh, podcasts, and uh, just keep it going. And this week, um, well, this week we have a a, a bit of a different uh, deal. We we do have another theme this week, and 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 since this was Joe's choice of theme, I, I wanted uh, Joe. Why don't you introduce what the theme is this week? So. Because the last theme episode that we had was uh, found footage films, which I am frightful of, uh, I I wanted to lighten things up a bit. And that's why we went with uh, horror comedy. And it's a very, very broad scoped uh, genre, subgenre, I should say, for us to choose from. Uh, we had to have some clarification text messages throughout the late hours, wee hours of the morning. Yeah. Sweet uh, Jesus. I'm, I'm just, <laughs> Sweet I'm just Jesus. Not my fault. What we've got here is 
Those of you, those of you on Twitter, don't and and you think you want to get into a text group with uh, with Mr. Pescati, don't do it. He's really hard to text with. But but (laughs) wait, wait, hold on, what happened, Joe? Wait, wait. So let me let me let me just explain something here, okay? First off. When I text, I don't text just by clicking the letters, okay? I voice text. I do the voice text. And with my Chicago accent, it kind of goes off the rails. No, 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 okay. no, 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 no. That's not what happened. Because what you were do- what what Mark was doing this week was saying, so are we are we watching intentional horror movies or unintentional horror movies? Now he miss he left out a a, a very vital word there, and that is comedy. So intentional comedy horror or unintentional comedy horror, but he kept saying intentional horror or unintentional horror. And I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. right now. Joe left. For I, two that, days. Actually, that actually would be a very interesting subgenre to get into is unintentional horror. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. But, but when he means something completely different, it's yeah. very confusing. And um, so what what he was getting at is trying to decipher uh, a movie, for example, like all of our listeners have watched, I'm sure, is Driving Rasker. Uh, that was just a, a, a horrific film, but it was unintentionally funny. It's so bad, it's funny to watch. But they came out uh, creating that movie thinking this was a serious horror film. So that was something that Mark was categorizing as unintentionally funny horror mm. film right which really wasn't the assignment i even had to send mark a wikipedia list of every horror comedy movie ever made since 1924 that helped out so he has something to choose from i'm, I'm glad that worked yes. out so but we of course were looking for things more like uh beetlejuice and ghostbusters you know it's a horror th- uh boil it down to the brass tacks of it all it is horror but it's portrayed in a uh, comedic way yeah and, 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 uh, you know, but, but that, but that's a wide range in and of itself as well. Like Very uh, broad horror, yeah. horror comedy can be a spoof, like, like scary movie or, uh, what's that, uh, a haunted house or something like that. I, I think that it was one of them too. Um, but it could be one of those, or it could be something like, uh, uh, American Werewolf in London, which is a comedy, certainly, but the horror is real. Yeah. Like it's, you know, it, it's the the horror parts of it are actually horror, um, but there's comedy thrown in there. Same with Freaky and a lot of other movies. Evil Dead. Part. Evil Dead. Yeah, yeah. Although that's <laughs> more. And and yeah. yeah, well, and uh, did any of you? And you know, a movie like Evil Dead too, especially the comedy isn't from like some joke or something like it. it the comedy comes from the over top, over the top mm. nature of the violence and uh, uh, the gore and everything. That's where the comedy comes from. You know, the eyeball flying across the room. You know, there, it's not. It's not certainly not a spoof. It's it's just that it's so over the top. It's hilarious. So. Uh, I don't know, Mark, uh, Joe, why don't you start us off? What, uh, what was uh, the first movie you wanted to talk about that you watched? Well, yeah, I mean, this is going to be uh, like the perfect summarization of what exactly I was getting at. And um, this one, this movie holds a very dear place in my heart, actually, in Matt's as well. Uh, I was fortunate enough. I used to have a T-shirt 
with this logo of the the movie on it. Um, I was fortunate enough to get that T-shirt at the premiere when this uh, came out in 1991. Uh, this, of course, is starring our very own Matt Speak. I watched Beauty Queen Butcher, which is just the epitome oh, of a horror comedy film. And what I'd like all of our listeners to be well aware of is this film is available for free on Amazon Prime. Is it really? Is it really? I didn't know that. Yes. How in the hell did Shane Partlow get Beauty Queen Butcher on Amazon Prime as a Prime download for free? I'm watching it tonight. Know. I'm watching it tonight. You, so just to wind the clock back to 1991, <laughs> uh, where was the premiere? Was this at like the Annie Whitmire Complex? Uh, the premiere. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was. No. Wasn't it at the Capitol Theater? Oh, I don't know. Maybe it was. Uh, this actually, if it were not for Beauty Queen Butcher, Matt and I probably never would have met because that was the first time I met you. Yeah, uh, we were there on. Well, uh, no, because I wound up going. I wound up going to St. Ambrose. Yeah. And you oh, were sure, there. sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. but um, this this opus is just fantastic. Uh, starring, of course, Tammy Pascatelli. Who went on to be? I mean, she's doing sets at the local uh, comedy clubs and the casinos here. I mean, Tammy Pascatelli's an actual name, and she she got started in this. Uh, there are many of our friends that were in there. Don Abbott had a tremendous role, uh, and like I mentioned, our very own Matt Speak was the the male interest in this film. Um, for those of you who don't know, this is a, a, a very long film, considering. Um, the plot involved, but you know, way, uh, way, way too long. <laughs> yeah. There, there was definitely some editing yeah. that could have been uh, taken place in this, but, um, and I, I don't know if you're going to be able to hear this or not, but I do have a bit of an audio clip. And if, if it doesn't come through on this, we'll just make sure that I, I clip the audio in oh, yeah. later. Oh yeah. Well, have a nice walk home, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> that was our very own Matt Speak saying, "Oh yeah, have a nice walk home, bitch." Um, just and I, I also I puke in this movie. Yes, uh, you do. And and when and I'll tell you when uh, when that scene came, they wanted me and I actually puked. Now you don't really see it, but I did actually puke because they wanted me to uh, put uh, they mixed a mixture of bread and milk together and like a big gloppy gunk of bread and milk. Now I hate that consistency. Like, yeah. br like soggy bread is <laughs> so gross to me and it was soaked in milk and the milk wasn't cold. So I, I, I put that in my mouth and it made me actually puke. Yeah. And uh, so I think the only thing you see is me actually spitting. I think you hear yeah. me puking or something like that in the and, background, but then you of, see me spitting. Out of all the content they could have clipped out of this movie, they, they clipped out that part. Right. And they left absolutely everything else into this film. The the actual acting of puking they yes, cut they that cut. they kept in every yeah. uh, well, I think they were they, they wanted to make sure that every single joke they had, you know, and was in. And it it is. Uh this And is, I don't think I'm pretty sure the editor it was a, a local editor. I think the edit the production place was called West or no, uh Mid Coast uh Productions. 
and uh, it was a, a like a video editing place. So I don't think they were they were used to editing like a movie. I think they were mostly used to editing uh, personal home videos and things like that more than anything. Probably. Yeah, I, I was led to believe that this was shot directly onto VHS tape uh, for a yep. budget of about twenty thousand dollars. Yep, and, and it looks it. Yeah, it's uh, the quality is there. I, I'm sure I'm waiting for the 4K upsample, you know, on the on the Blu-ray or something later. But yeah, well, I mean, the sad part is that they could, you know, I I have a camera. They could probably have shot this on uh, and and have it have a, a a film a cinematic look. But yeah, they shot it straight to video yeah. on, on video. <laughs> and um, how does it how does it, it look, just, Joe, on uh, on Amazon? It looks just as good as it did way back in 1991. So, and it's just as entertaining. Um, I got to tell you, for those of you, we this is kind of an inside joke because, you know, we all we've been there sort of from the beginning. But for those of you who don't know and have an interest in it, this is a film uh, it was shot in Davenport. It's about these uh, four high school aged quote unquote high school aged girls that are trying to get the cr- title crown of the Slough Queen. I believe is what it is. Yeah, the uh, Silvis Silvis Slough Queen. Yeah, Silvis Slough, and I and so, the Sylvan the Silvis Slough, I I think is like a I, I'm not quite sure. It's it's like a famous part of Silvis. Yeah, that everybody jokes around about, and I I believe the filmmakers may have been from Silvis. Now they took a real odd twist on this because you know the four girls are friends and none of them wanted to be last, so they found like this uh, scapegoat gal. Uh, to they tricked her into running for this so that nobody would have to be last in it. Sort of like a, a Carrie. Speech. Yes, a very Carrie-esque type film. Uh, but unlike uh, anything else, this is not a murder mystery because you get to see every single murder happen up close while the police are trying to solve it, even though you know damn well who did everything. So it was, yeah. uh, it, it's campy. It's funny because I know these people. I think it's funny even if you don't know these people. And if you're an Amazon Prime member, go watch it. What the hell else are you going to do on a Friday night? I'm definitely yeah, watching it tonight. There's some there's some funny stuff in it. Uh, I have not seen this in a very long time. I, I, I don't know that I, I watched it. I don't know that I watched it again after the premiere. I, I may have watched it once. but um, It's but a moral imperative now. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I I did think it was kind of funny, the idea that, uh, I was the boyfriend of the girl who won the 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 pageant, and then she gets killed. So the runner-up takes over, but then I become the runner-up. You're boyfriend. part of the crown. Yes. Yeah, uh, I am part of the. Crown. I do. I do have one question. That I'm hoping you can shed some light onto. So the winner of the crown not only gets the crown and you, but they also inherit the rights to drive around in that giant gray Oldsmobile type vehicle. Why didn't they wash it ever? Like you would have thought that on set, somebody would have said, hey, maybe just hose it down a little so it looks cleaner. I think they might have. That might have been a director's choice. I'm not sure. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so again, it, uh, it's a it's a classic opus. Uh, you'll never find anything quite like it. So yeah, I believe me, it's it's uh, <laughs> it is unique. But and it does, like Joe said, it does star an actual uh, uh semi-celebrity uh tammy pescatelli yeah. who is a, a big 
um, you know, big comedian. I mean, she's very well known in the comedy circuit. And, and if you look at her videos on YouTube, her stand-up videos, they, there's quite, quite a few views and that sort of thing. I wouldn't say she's a household name or something like that, but, but she's well known around comedy circuits. And, um, so she did that. And then the cameraman did another short movie called thirst for blood that I was in as well. And uh, she was also in that one, uh, that one too. And who did the hair? Uh, you mean the like who was hair and makeup? Yeah. Uh, isn't he like some hairstylist of the stars now? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. It was Dean uh, Banowitz. Dean Banowitz. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's right. And he he is now this. He's out here in L.A. A big hairstylist to the stars. He did. He actually his claim to fame uh, was. He was on the original run of American Idol, and yeah. he was Ryan Seacrest. He became Ryan Seacrest's personal hairstylist, and uh, he actually practiced on my head for that hairstyle that he used to have. That you know, where there was like the the hair going in all crazy directions or whatever. He kind of practiced on me at one point. Um, oh, I did that hairstyle for sure. Oh my goodness. Oh yeah, everybody did. But he did. He did. He was. Uh, part of clay aiken's whole makeover that he did and and all of these all these people who who were just unknowns that then became stars on american idol he was a big part of that so yeah no that's true he should have got an emmy for clay aiken's holy cow that was actually a pretty good transformation i and because of this film i'm that's that's my seven steps to kevin bacon or six whatever it is so, well, uh, if you really want to watch uh, me when I was about, I think I was probably 21, maybe 20, something like 21, 22, somewhere in there, uh, acting and puking, uh, go check it out. I Actually, did, half our friends from college are in it. Too. I, yeah. Uh, Kathy Menzik, uh, you know, this is the yeah. lead. I did find somebody was selling a beauty queen butcher sweatshirt on eBay. Uh, really? And, yeah. And had I known that I would have gotten it in time. I would have easily bought it, but they're selling it from New York. Are so, these, are these like old sweatshirts that people had or, yes. or they made them new? For- no, 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 no. These are the original from 1991. Like the, wow. the white Yeah. From doing a little research, I found out that this, uh, this film actually does have quite the underground cult following. Wow. Who to thunk. Well, Mark, on your Twitter escapades, you can uh, use that little tidbit. Oh, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm going to be throwing that in. Trust me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there. So I'm done. I'm I'm done talking about Beauty Queen Butcher. Come completely. That's a good one. Um, Mark, check it out. What do you, What do you got? Um. So I decided to um go stroll back into the 1980s and I watched the stuff. What does that look? What 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 all right, hold on, hold on, hold on, Mark, 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 Mark's. It, it is Joe's. It is Joe's chief desire this episode to not have to have a stop so that he has to edit a whole no. bunch of stuff. Uh, your your internet no, is no, uh, seems no, to no. be going cray cray again. So, uh, all right, all right. Maybe, maybe talk slower. Yeah, g- give it a shot. <laughs> hang on. Hang on. Go ahead. Well, I, while you're figuring out your inter, your internet, I will go ahead and talk about my uh, first movie, uh, which was yes. Tucker and Dale versus Evil. And uh, I got to say that I really, really liked this movie. This is one – you know, there's those movies where 
you're just not sure if you're going to like them or not, you know, and you kind of, um, I don't know, you just see them and you're like, yeah, yeah, I got to watch that. And then you just don't. Tucker and Dale versus evil has been one of those for me. I, I don't know what it is. I just don't find hillbilly hill humor to be all that funny to me. And I wasn't exactly sure what this was going to be like. And I was blown. I was actually kind of blown away by this thing. Uh, thank you, Mark. You're the one who recommended yeah. uh, that I watch it. Cause I think you watched it first too. Uh, so I don't know if this is what you're going to talk about, but uh, I thought it was fantastic. And what was so good to me was that, that, you know, there's that whole subgenre of horror that has to do with a, um, city slickers, you know, college kids or whatever, going on a vacation down in the South, the whole deliverance kind of thing. And then hillbillies come and, and, you know, inbred backwoods people come and, you know, attack them or whatever. And so it's that whole setup. There's these college kids going down to the South to go on a, a camping trip or I, uh, stay in a cabin. I think one of their families owns a cabin or whatever. And uh, so on their way down, they stop at a gas station and of course, there's these hillbillies there looking hillbilly-ish. And then we see the hillbillies talking to each other. And one of them is like, oh, look at those girls. They're so pretty. And the other one's like, well, why don't you go talk to them? You know, you're, you're, you're a, a, a good guy. You got a vacation home and everything. And so he decides to go talk to him. And of course, he does it all wrong and looks like a crazy person. And, and so the kids are like, Hey, Hey, we don't want any trouble. So the whole thing is a bunch of misunderstandings about these guys intentions and the kids get themselves into trouble. Um, I just thought it was fantastic. I thought I laughed, you know, Michelle and I watched it. We were uh, laughing hysterically through this thing. I, I was really surprised by how good it was. Um, I, I think it had to do with the actor, uh, Tyler Labine who played Dale is he the bearded one? Yes. Yeah. He was, I, I thought he was so endearing and you just wanted to give that guy a hug left and right. And he's very charismatic. I thought, yeah, he's, he might be like a little overweight or something, but very charismatic. Um, you really felt for these characters, they, these two friends and um, the, some, some of the comedy bits, like um, when, uh, What's the actor's name? Uh, the, the other friend. Oh, it, it's it's escaping me. Um, what's but his name? Tucker. Tucker. Yeah, Tucker. Where, where he? Uh, where he? Yeah, thanks. Oh God. So so he's like literally uh, uh, chainsawing through the log and all that. He hits the beat the the wasp nest and all that. And he gets like just stung up and all that kind of stuff and he's pouring beer over his face and all that. And he's going, well, that really hurts. And it's yeah, it feels hurt. Um, it's, I, I think it's great. And it really took a dark, uh, dark, fun, uh, twist with, the uh, the college guy, um, at the end and all that kind of stuff. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a great, it, it's just a great film. It was just fun all the way. I, the wood chipper scene was great. I want to, oh, yeah. I want to point out one actress in that, uh, the main blonde girl that, they end up, beautiful. Um, I, anybody that knows me knows that I am a huge, huge fan of the TV show 30 Rock, which she played Sari in that show. And uh, so I was very pleased when I watched this movie to see that she was in it. She also wound up being in another film that I watched in this whole genre later. But uh, yeah, Tucker and Dale versus evil. I think it's false advertising because I didn't really see any evil. 
It was Tucker and Dale versus, you know, city slickers. But right. it was still, it was funny. Uh, like Mark said, I love the wood chipper scene. That was just, that was classic. Yeah. It was, he's it's, just holding it. He's going, I'll get you out. I'll get you out. Yeah. It's great. Or the, or he's, uh, he, he's uh, chopping down a, a tree in the yard uh, and, and hits a beehive. So he takes off running with his chainsaw like a crazy yeah. person, but he's just trying to get away from bees. So it's, yeah, there were, there were a lot of like misunderstandings like that that were just ridiculously hysterical. So I loved that one. That was, probably yeah, it's, it's, it's basically just a movie. It's just like, it's a lesson of never judge a book by its cover. Totally. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's really, really like just a, good like feel good movie actually at the end I, I i loved it yeah it's and it has a heart it's a sweet movie in a way you know even though it's all you know it is violent and everything but it, there's a sweet heart to it and everything I, I i really liked it um i guess that's sort of mark in my first one i i guess um go ahead joe one of my favorite movies period uh, and it's the only movie that exists that has um, Steve Martin and Bill Murray. I couldn't remember Bill Murray. Uh, only movie starring Steve Martin and Bill Murray. Anybody, either of you guys know it? And it's a no. horror comedy? It's a horror comedy. It's a classic horror comedy. What? I can't think of anything that Steve Martin is in with him. Yeah, I don't know. Little Shop of Horrors. Oh, Duh! Yeah. Oh yeah. come on! This, okay. This is absolutely one of my all-time favorites. The music is fantastic. Rick Moranis, uh, you know, Jim Belushi's in it. John Candy, Christopher Guest is even. He has a very small, brief cameo, but it's just I, I, I absolutely love it. Um, the, the Ellen Green, the, the girl, the main character plays Audrey, or I, I guess more to the point, Audrey One. Uh, what a set of pipes on her. And that's not a euphemism, although she is very well endowed. But this is an all-around fantastic film. I introduced my kids to this film very, very, very long time ago, and they grew up on it, and they love it, and they'll still put it on, even without me begging them to put it on. They'll do it themselves from time to time. Uh, but yeah, Little Shop of Horror. And it was one of those movies that I saw uh, as soon as it came out, like on VHS, and I remember when I got to see Steve Martin playing the uh, sadistic dentist and and then I found out this was an actual staged musical and maybe someday I could actually be in this I had my sights just locked on I wanted to be Steve Martin's dentist never got to probably never will but still one of my all-time favorite bits in that and Bill Murray uh the scene in the dentist chair with him I it was all once he got in the chair everything that he said was completely ad-libbed and uh, it was it's just I, I highly recommend everybody just go back and just watch that scene. Oh, it's Bill I Hearn have Steve Martin. It's fantastic. Yeah. So I have watched just that scene and it's fantastic. It's yeah. it's wonderful. So yeah. anyway, that's one of my all time favorites. That's a little shop of horrors. That's a great one. I didn't even think of that movie. Wow. Yeah, no, that's a good one. I'd thought about watching that one. I hadn't seen it in quite some time. But uh, what about you, Mark? Okay, so speaking of Bill Murray, I'm thinking of Ghostbusters 2. Um, I decided to rewatch this movie because I had a coworker of mine uh, that was recently talking about how he just rewatched Ghostbusters 2, and I don't think I've watched that movie in over 30 years. And uh, yeah, it's been that long um, since it was made in 1989. It's um, 
basically, so it's five years later, and the Ghostbusters have lost all their credibility after blowing up the top five stories of a building and covering New York City with marshmallows. And uh, so then uh, the discovery of a river of ectoplasm underneath the city that results to emotions and a painting of an evil 16th century madman called Vigo. Uh, the Ghostbusters have to save the day once more. And um, I watched it, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. And I wanted to talk to uh, Joe, since he's such a huge fan of uh, Ghostbusters. What, 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 did you, uh, what did you think of uh, Ghostbusters 2? Uh, I celebrate the entire catalog. And I know I've got the... Uh, the oddball opinion on this, but everybody's going to hate me for saying this. I really like the girl one too. Uh, I can hear everybody right now booing at their iPhones, uh, but I'm sorry. I, I have a movie poster of the, the girls one downstairs in my basement, in my movie shrine. Um, but honestly, I, I'm, I'm ecstatic that they're finally bringing this uh, franchise back to life and that there's another, you know, continuation of the storyline coming out very soon. I think it's this summer. Um, but yeah, I, Ghostbusters is a staple. Whenever I hear horror comedies, that's definitely in my top five. Um, I mean, my entire family went as Ghostbusters one year for Halloween. I spent six months uh, making proton packs for our costumes with my son and I. We made two of them. Uh, and it was just uh, so many fan fantastic memories i absolutely loved it we have a halloween party like every other year and that was by far one of my favorite years i think i woke up at three o'clock in the morning next to our main floor's toilet having no idea where the hell i was but so definitely had a wonderful time yeah i think peter mcnichol was like the scene stealer in that whole entire movie yeah um and uh here's a little tidbit uh he he uh came up with that accent on his own um I, I, I thought it was great. Um, Slimer was brought into the movie because of the popular popularity of the cartoon of the real Ghostbusters going on. And I think that cartoon actually uh, kind of like uh, hurt the movie. And I'm going to say because they did the costumes more like uh, uh, the cartoon. Um, it There wasn't kind of like vulgar or adult humor that was uh, brought into Ghostbusters too. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I love Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters 2 and all that, but I thought that there was a lot of marketing that was going into that film, and especially with the script. I, I believe they uh, rewrote the script like four times. I am I'm very glad that they didn't make a third at that time period. Those movies were just starting to spiral down the toilet. Um, I don't mean Ghostbusters 2. I just mean movies of that era, you know, when they've jumped the shark enough times. It, it, it had... It had all the earmarks of starting to wind down a road of regret. So I'm glad they they pulled, you know, they cooled their jets right after the second one. But I I, I still, I really like the second one. I, nothing tops the original. Um, yeah. yeah, but it, it, yeah, again, I, like I said before, it's it's one of my all-time favorites. Yeah, yeah that, was it, a, and that was a 1989, right? When that came out, I believe, right? And that right, was a, and that was, that was a was summer like, Huge summer. It was uh, uh, Ghostbusters 2, Batman. Batman, Lethal Weapon 2, Rain um, Man. Got uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade and uh, uh, When Harry Met Sally. 
Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Honey, Back I Shrunk the Future Kids. Future 2. It was a great year yeah. for soundtracks, too. Yeah. Oh, heck yeah. You had yeah. Bobby oh, Brown. Yeah. You had Prince uh, Batman soundtrack. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and well, Bobby Brown, you know. And and uh, that was the beginning of uh, uh, Harry Connick Jr. with the Harry, with with Harry, Harry Metallic. Metallic. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's a great soundtrack. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and of course, Friday 13th Part 8 show. Uh, yeah. Who could forget? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, although it may have been 1988, I believe Halloween... No, it was Halloween 5 came out in 89 as well. Every time I bring up Friday 13th, you got to bring up Halloween, Matt. That's right. Well, it's better. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, uh, let's see. My next one was a little flick called Bloodhook. And I'm not, cons- yes. I'm not certain that Bloodhook is a horror comedy, but it was, it's produced by the same people who produce, or some of the same people who produced MS, um, mystery science theater 3000, but it's hard to tell exactly. I, I don't think they quite knew what to do with themselves. I mean, they had this concept that is on its, just on the surface on paper, a comedy. And that is a killer who uses a fishing lure to kill people like that's your slasher is a guy casting a lure and and literally a couple of the kills it took a while because he he didn't quite get to them and so remember that there was that one kill where the girl is on a surfboard or some kind of raft or something she's laying there and she's and it keeps casting next to her and she's like what's that you know and and it does and then finally it hits her and of course that always hits them and in and there's just blood and and i i don't know why they can't just pull it out and throw it away but um they're stuck and then and then uh, and then they get i guess pulled in um i i liked the scene for the budget i thought the scene where uh the guy is kind of um putting the one of the dead people one of the dead guys that he got uh the killer he's pu- he's putting him on the uh uh the line you know with the hook or whatever to yeah to, like what they do with the fish and all that right yeah he put it on it. the str- what is that called the stringer i guess is what yeah, it's called or whatever uh he put him on that that was i mean for this budget not not bad i mean it, it the guy it head- reminded me of creep show from um uh, with uh, the one episode of with Ted Danson and Leslie, and Leslie Nielsen, Nielsen. Yeah. they kind of look like those. Hmm. Yeah, and I I thought uh, you know not too shabby um, for for that budget, but the problem was it it, it didn't really know. I, I mean, this is a concept that was ripe for more uh, spoof kind of stuff and more comedy, and they really didn't go down the comedy road aside from the ridiculousness of the kills with these giant lure and somebody casting like that that's just a ridiculous concept so it, it really it 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 i i don't know if maybe what they were trying to do is is make one of those movies that's so bad it's funny but it just didn't quite work in any way like an unintentional horror comedy <laughs> intentionally unintentional yeah. comedy yeah yeah you're forgetting See, think- the aspect of what actually makes the killer turn into a killer Cicadas. The, yeah. the, Cicada. the, the devil's tritone, the, the record player. <laughs> yeah. And you do have to agree, there is a very positive message about how if you work out and exercise, you'll get the girl. 
Because there's quite oh, a lot man. of setups in this film. Yeah. <laughs> can Can we talk about um, uh, the the final girl, basically, um, who uh, was sitting by the pool and the guy like cast the line and it's in her hand and all that, and she's screaming and all that, and then she goes and wraps it around the 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 metal bar where you you know get up from the pool and all that kind of stuff, and the hooks are all the way through her hands and all that, but she gets out of that. And then she goes into that. What is that thing that that contraption that goes from the from the cabin house all the way down to the lake? It's like a it's like a. Yeah, I don't know. That's, yeah, that no, they bizarre. have. Yeah, is that a they, thing? Yeah, it is a thing. Yeah, in fact, if you guys go to Dubuque, they've got one. Uh, it's I can't remember what those are called, but it's like a little train car that that goes up and down a steep hill um but they've got them in in certain small towns where there's a hill uh in dubuque there's a very famous one people pay just to ride that thing but here's the thing is that she's she's hiding behind like the little uh dock cabin whatever and she's waiting for this thing to come down and all she has to do is just go up the hill man that's all she has to do and the guy's in the boat and he misses the first time and she's still screaming going come on hurry up you know waiting for this thing to come down it was ridiculous i loved it it's like i'm the killer and i'm gonna get you eventually exactly Someday, when i get around to it yeah we have we have to talk about the kid we have the to boy talk about at the, the kid. Yes, at the beginning the or yes the boy at the yeah. beginning where up. yes where where the mom's talking about on golden pond and yeah he just comes up he's going it's henry fonda mob you got the wrong one <laughs> Peter fonda. Yeah. i died yeah. on that i mean he was a scene stealer and then with the stud finder where he's like decides to put it at the with the killer's head and all that. Oh yeah, there's uh he's got a metal plate in there and all that. That's what's like sending off all the <laughs> with the cicadas and the music turns him into a, a ravenous uh, killing spree murderer. I actually I wish I had my six dollars back. Yeah, I, I, I was yeah. I was not a huge. I fan watched of it twice. I th- oh yeah, no, I I still I, didn't get your money's worth, Mark. I know you'd have to watch it five more times, but actually, um, I, you know, I, I'm glad I watched it, but I'm really mad that I paid $6 to watch. I'm 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 not glad I watched it. All right, there we go. <laughs> okay, so what is it? It's the always things- an adventure, Joe. It's always an adventure. What is this here for? Okay, so um, what I'm trying to say is that I think the director tried to make this movie serious, and maybe he was looking at some rough cuts and all that kind of stuff. He's going, all right, this is kind of ridiculous. And then they started because re- it really went off the rails at the end of the movie. I mean, they had the final girl where she's just sitting on the on uh, in the bait shop and all that. She's going, so uh, you know, you've been here before and all that and all that. Right. It's that's where that's what it I'm changed. saying is it didn't know it it then it decided okay now we're just going to turn this into a comedy and they puts her in the in the cabinet it, that whole part it is ridiculous it was just ridiculous um, it's, but it's I did like, like the contest where you cast into the, uh, the life preserver yeah the life preserver yeah yeah or oh yeah with the, the tassel yeah yeah uh, all right. I think that's more than enough time on, on Bloodhook. So, so you guys don't want to talk about, hey, teach me how to cast. No. 
<laughs> no. Okay. Let let our listeners waste their own six dollars, and if they decide to, they can watch it. Yeah, they can watch Sounds Blood Hunt. Yeah. Um, I although you know you are still an enigma to me, Joe, because I really thought this would be one you liked. Like I can't quite put my finger on what exactly it is that you like. Just because, because I'm championing uh, Drive-In Massacre doesn't mean I like all terrible movies. Well, I don't know what it is, but uh, I, I I would have thought this was one that you might have liked, but but I, I guess it's not as charming as, as, as uh, Drive-In Massacre. I I'm just a fan of chubby cops. What can I say? Well, there you go. <laughs> uh, all right, Joe. So what's what's your next one? Okay, I went directly from Little Shop of Horrors to a, a just a classic in the genre. Uh, was this 1974? Uh, yeah, 1974. The guy that really knows how to bring the funny, Mel Brooks, Young Frankenstein. Oh, yeah. That's Frankenstein. I mean, you can't talk about horror comedy without walking right into the Young Frankenstein. My name, it's pronounced Frankenstein. Uh, I, if... Anybody listening within the sound of my voice has not seen this movie. Turn this podcast off and go watch it. Uh, whether you're a horror fan or a comedy fan, well, not that there's a whole lot of horror film, but it, but it's it's still you got to watch this. This is like growing up and never seeing any classic Hollywood film. It's it it should be in your top 100 of films to watch before you die. But I mean, it's. It's not my favorite Mel Brooks film, uh, but it's it's in the top three easily. Uh, I was brought up on this. Obviously, it came out in 1974. My folks raised me on Mel Brooks films. Um, I don't really know what to say about it because I just assume that everybody's seen it. And Gene Wilder's fantastic in it. Peter Boyle. Uh, and Martin, Gene Wilder wrote it. Yeah, yeah. Um Marty Feldman, I, the joke about the hump changing sides on his back. It's yeah, ugh, fantastic. God. Cloris Leachman, who you know, just recently died, uh, just classic. Madeline Kahn, Love Terry her. Gar. What knockers! Oh, thank you, Doctor. It's oh, basically a, it's basically a spoof of the old uh, universe, original Frankenstein. Yeah, yeah, monster movies, especially Frankenstein, and. Uh, um, it's, I mean, it's got the black and white it's, and, but the, the humor, I mean, there's a joke every couple, couple of like seconds. Every, yeah, yeah. There's a joke every couple of seconds yeah. and, and you can see that this had to have been an influence on, uh, the people who made airplane and, you know, all those sure. movies, you know, it, it's, it's definitely, this was the beginning of that whole idea of spoofing genres. Yeah. Right. yeah. And and it's so beautifully shot. Just like watching that movie, it's so beautiful just with the black and white and just the the haze the hazes and just how it looks. It's absolutely gorgeous. If nothing else, just watch Peter Boyle and Gene Wilder do putting on the Ritz. If you're blue and you don't know where to go to, why don't you go where fashion sits? Oh yeah, that, that oh, kind of sums great. up the whole idea of it, and little montage to the King Kong kind of thing going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, well, absolutely fantastic. And the setups were so great. Like, uh, you know, he's like, no matter what you hear in this room, do not <laughs> open this door. And you know, the minute he's saying that, that yeah. something's going to happen, that he's going to want to get out of there. And, and like two seconds later, he's like, "Let me out!" Yeah. <laughs> you know. And also, Gene Wilder went to University of Iowa. 
So. Oh, that's right. He he really? Did. Yeah. yeah. He was his name. Uh, I believe his name at the time was Jim Silberman or something like that. Or, was it his first film, uh, Bonnie and Clyde, with Warren Beatty? That was. I don't know if it was his first film, but it was his. It was his big break. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, uh, my theater teacher in high school uh, went to Iowa with Gene Wilder or at the time, Jim Silberman or whatever his name was. And, uh, and uh, they were in the same class and uh, uh, he, you know, he talked about how talented he was and how crazy he was and all this stuff. But, uh, but he said that he went to see Bonnie and Clyde and didn't realize that, that Gene Wilder was in it until uh, that scene comes up and he was like, Oh my God, that's Jim. So oh my God. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Young um, Frankenstein's absolutely amazing. Yeah, it's a fantastic one. Um, uh, what about you, Mark? Um, I think we all watched this, or I think we all agreed to watch this. Frankenhooker? I didn't actually watch Frankenhooker. Uh, did you watch Frankenhooker, Joe? Yes, I yes, thank took you. the first step forward. I was the one that watched it first. Thank you. Thank you, Joe. Uh, I was like a faded yeah, breath what, there. What, a, what an amazing film. I was like, I was getting, uh, I was really scraping the bottom of the barrel when I found fake Frankenhooker. Um, it was one of those movies that I saw like the VHS cover for when I was a kid. I mean, this, this thing came out, what, 1990. Oh, yeah. remember, it's been on my radar for a long oh my time. Gosh, I man, and I never, never watched it. it. Oh my gosh, man. It's so good. Um, <laughs> I mean, this is probably, and Joe's like looking at me like I'm out of my mind. I enjoyed watching this film so much. Okay. Um, uh, James Lorenz, um, who is like uh, the lead. No, it's not terrible. No, 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 no. No, James Lorenz is terrible. No, he's great in this. He's great in this film. Um, He's got the perfect New Jersey accent. The whole film was uh, filmed in uh, New Jersey. Um, This whole movie is basically... um, Starts off with uh, a birthday party for um, uh, this girl's uh, father, um, James Lorenz, who plays basically uh, Dr. Frankenstein, you know, his character and all that kind of stuff, um, builds a uh, lawnmower and it's a remote control lawnmower. And his girlfriend, who is uh, uh, the father's daughter, um, says, happy birthday. You know, here's a remote control uh a lawnmower and she says look you can you know start it from here you can move it forward and backwards and basically she runs over herself with the lawnmower and just cuts herself into pieces and uh so the boyfriend uh basically puts her together again but with hookers <laughs> um it's it i i think it i think it's great um there's, I mean, there's, into, I think it's like 56 minutes into the film until you actually see the Frankenhooker. Um, <laughs> um, there's um, a lot of nudity, a lot of breasts. Um, there's a party scene in a hotel where um, he's trying to choose uh, what parts he wants from the hookers to make, to reanimate his girlfriend. And um, there's he makes like a super crack out of uh, 
out of uh, crack and the hookers see the super crack. They go absolutely ballistic. I've some of the best acting I've seen from hookers in my whole entire life, how excited they are. Um, then they start smoking the crack and really, you've never seen pretty women. <laughs> the Correct. acting from pretty woman is Julia Roberts. Okay. Yeah. But just the excitement and the and just how excited they were for seeing this super crack. And so they started smoking the super crack and what happens? They start exploding. And it's one of the just great exploding hooker scenes I've ever seen in my whole entire life. Um, Hang on. I want to stop you one more time. Let's not forget Jamie Lee Curtis's um, hooker portrayal. Oh, Trading in, uh, places. Trading places. Yeah. Okay. And come on, Mark. This is third at best. <laughs> I'm just saying how – I mean, for just like actors off the street with these women – I. Uh, I'd put them even below Deuce Bigelow, male gigolo. <laughs> Never Ouch. seen that movie. <laughs> Ouch. But anyways, these hookers start exploding. You got a pimp called Zorro, this uh, this huge muscle bound guy, and he like bursts open the door trying to get in because he's he wants his money and all that kind of stuff. And what happens? Uh, hookers, a hooker explodes and a severed head just comes towards his face, knocks him out. Um, I, I love this movie. I, I laughed out loud more than definitely Bloodhook and a lot of other, uh, comedy horrors. Joe, you did not like it at all? No, I, I regretted watching it now. Oh, I have no. like a, a Frankenhooker hangover now. Oh my gosh. I mean, even, even the Frankenstein, uh, um, doctor's character when they're smoking the super crack and he's going, and they're playing like off the ghetto blasters going, not the devil's music. And he's just... Oh God, I love it! I love it. Well, uh, Mark, that uh, that was one that I did not watch. My um, God, consider yourself lucky. I thought yeah, I, I thought I thought one of you guys were going to love it. Matt didn't see, and Joe hated it. I I will watch it because it is something I I think I got to watch. You know, can you not watch Frankenhooker? But Matt, um, I think you're going to like it. I really do. All right, all right. Well, I'll check it out. I um, uh, my next one was a bit of a re well it was a revisit i watched it last year and it was actually my number three horror movie of last year and that is spontaneous uh that is one that i just i absolutely love this movie it's it's got really i think everything that i love in in a movie it's got horror it's got comedy and it's got uh 80s music <laughs> now i don't know how realistic it is for a, a girl in modern day to be really into 80s style music but um but but you know there's those throwback kids that you know i've had students in my classes that that um that love 80s mu music so you know I, I it's it's not out of the realm of possibilities and of course this movie isn't about every kid it's about this kid and uh, so I thought it was fantastic. And I love the whole uh, beginning where the kid finally explodes. And this is one of those things where the thing that I love about horror comedy is that the, the horror and comedy are very much related to each other. They both really depend on the same thing. They depend on a setup for the payoff. 
if there's no setup, you know, the, the, the horror movies that you watch where, you know, let's say, um, let's talk about Friday the 13th part four, for instance. Now, uh, at now there's some good kills in there, certainly, but there's one where the, the person just is introduced for two seconds. And then two seconds later, Jason comes and kills her. And that's the one where the girl is the, is hitchhiking on the road and and then he comes up behind her and kills her. Is that is that or is that's that part four? That's part four. That's yeah, part four, she's right? eating the banana. Yeah, that is a perfect example of no setup and a payoff that is just like whatever. You know, uh, one might say that the uh, in part six the 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 guys playing paintball is a similar situation, but I thought that was more played for laughs than horror. Right. Um, but, but, but they're, they're both dependent on that without a good setup. It's not scary without a good setup in comedy. It's not funny. And horror movies and comedies only have to do one thing, right? If, if a comedy makes you laugh and makes you laugh consistently, it's a classic comedy. It doesn't have to be a great movie. It doesn't even have to have great acting. It has to make you laugh. And if it does that, it's a classic, right? Uh, if uh, you talk about Anchorman, that could easily have just been another Saturday Night Live movie that was not very good, that just kind of bombed like uh, Night at the Roxbury or something like that. But it it had great timing, great setup, and great delivery. Um, and, and the best horror movies do that too. They set up the scares or they set up the excitement and the tension, and then there's a payoff that works. Right. Uh, and so, um, I, I, that's just a little side note on my idea of, of why horror and comedy are so similar to each other. But, uh, but then you also add in with spontaneous, there's this sort of, uh, teenage love story going on. That's almost John Hughes-esque you know, and uh, kind of reminded me a little bit, I, I don't know, for, for some reason, I've, nothing specific, but it kind of reminded me a little bit of some kind of wonderful, maybe a little bit, or, you know, one of those pretty in pink kind of thing. Uh, she wasn't as, as nerdy as, uh, uh, what's her name, and Andy in Pretty in Pink, but at the same time, it's still, there, there's that kind of sense that, that she's an, a unique girl, and she has fallen in love with this unique kid you know um and of course all the exploding did you guys both watch this by the way i watched it and immediately fell in love with it yeah oh, i hate so, myself because now because i did not watch that movie i i loved it on so many different levels it's so funny the horror aspect of it is great uh, great music but the thing that i like the best about it is all the different levels you can enjoy this on. I mean, the movies just metaphor after metaphor. I mean, this isn't a movie about a bunch of kids dealing with, um, well, you know, on the surface, it's a bunch of kids in their senior year, their high school class, kids are just spontaneously exploding like giant blood bags. But it's, the story isn't about that. It's about the kids that are surviving and how they deal with that. And it's also about how kids at that time in their life handle the stress of going to college, leaving their friends, uh, finding, you know, a, a new love, uh, you know, all that stuff that angst, the trouble, the stress that all these high school kids go through. And it, it's, it's very endearing on so many different levels. I recommended this to my son and my daughter and they both loved it. 
Um, it's just, I, yeah, I, I'm kind of, I kind of wish I had watched this later in our two weeks off. Cause I would have, if I had more time easily watched it again, but the minute I get a chance, I'm watching it a second time. Oh it my gosh. Is it kind of oh, yeah. make, made me feel like if, if John Hughes had made a horror movie. Yeah. It's a heartwarming yeah. comedy horror film. Yeah, totally. Uh, I think it probably would have been uh, better set in another time period, like the eighties or something like that. But, but Definitely. it's, it's, it's fine as it is. I, I don't have a problem with anything about it. And I thought it was just w- very well written. The love story was believable. The horror was believable and the payoff ending. Uh, there's heartbreak involved, but it's all believable. And it's all like you're in, you're in it. Like it's, it's not something that it's not just a castaway. Most of these horror comedies are just pure entertainment and you enjoy it and everything, but you're emotionally in this movie. I, I, I just think it's fantastic. Yeah. Couldn't oh, agree more. And, Matt, you stressed to, you know, watch that movie. And I can't believe I didn't. Now, now I feel left out. Dang it. I, ne- I will tell you this, Mark. I never stress watching a movie unless I, in, unless I really mean it. Like I might suggest something like blood hook. Right. Blood hook. When I, when I stress <laughs> something, I, it, I really mean it. Dang it. Um, but, uh, so that's, that was mine. Uh, spontaneous. That was from 2020. And like I said, if you guys, if anybody wants to go back and watch or listen to our, uh, top 20 horror movies of 2020 or top, I'm sorry. Well, 20, because it was 10 of yours and 10 of mine, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, this was number three on my list. So, and that's of all horror movies I saw last year, which I thought last year was a pretty good year for horror. So, um, Joe, what do you got? Uh, I'm curious if either one of you have seen the 2014 film called The Voices with Ryan Reynolds. No. No, no, I didn't see that one. Ryan Reynolds and Anna Kendrick. Um, This Ryan Reynolds plays a, I don't want to say a normal average guy, but he's your main character and... You the movie starts off. He works at like a tub or a fixture factory uh, at this very small town, and he seems normal and well adjusted. And uh, but there's obviously he's got some sort of twisted past. Uh, he's dealing with some baggage he's had in his life, and uh, turns out um, it was some mommy issues, and he's a little crazy. And um, he, you get to see him come home to his apartment to his cat and his dog, both of which tell them tell him to kill people. So it's him constantly being told by his cat, Mister Whiskers, to kill every single person that he encounters. And then inevitably, one day he gives into it. Uh, the dog is nice. Dog's trying to talk him out of it, but Mister Whiskers is just a dick. Um, the movie's very funny, um, and then it's like how he's supposed to try to survive. He ends up falling in love with uh, another girl, which inevitably becomes another victim and so on and so forth. And how he's trying to get away with it. It's got that typical Ryan Reynolds charm. This is all before Deadpool, but it's still, it's funny. Uh, The thing that I like the most about it that I didn't really notice until later in the film is when he comes home to his apartment and he's not taking his meds, when he is crazy and psychotic and his dog and cat are talking to him, his apartment is clean and pristine and well-organized. But when he finally, his psychiatrist talks him into 
going back to start taking his meds and then you see him and he's, you know, quote unquote normal. Uh, you look at his apartment and it's just a pit. So it's, he's very, very delusional. This was, um, I, it was one of those things again, scrolling through Netflix, you see the little, you know, Hey, there's Ryan Reynolds in a pink jumpsuit. Oh, I should watch that someday. Finally got around to watching it. Very glad I did the voices. Nice. That, that is one I will have to check out. Yeah. So, uh, all right, Joe. Well, that sounds like we are at about an hour or so right now. So I think we're going to have to split this one up into two parts, Joe. And I know that makes you crushed because... Oh, I know. Another whole two weeks of yeah. nothing but horror comedies. It's very hard for Joe to... He's sitting here saying, oh, no, really? Twist, I, twist I, I, my arm. Ow. Look, yeah, ow. look I, have to say, I have to say that um, I've enjoyed these two weeks because after the found footage, I was pretty much drained. And listening to uh, or uh, watching comedy horror was a really nice relief and I've been enjoying myself immensely. Well, actually I'm kind of excited to stretch this out one more episode because we kind of, I mean, I picked found footage, you picked comedy horror. If we're going to be fair to the super fan, he's going to have to pick the next genre, even though Friday the 13th was really kind yeah, of Yeah, Friday the 13th genre. was mine, so... Uh, I guess it was, sort of, so... Uh, I don't know, maybe it's my turn again. It's uh, your but, turn again, Matt. But one more one more week, guys. Uh, come back next week. We're going to do part two of comedy horror, and the, and the reason for that is just, there's so much of it, it's it's something we, we got to spend some time on, and we all love it. So, yeah. especially Joe. Um, and it's such a huge genre. We can't, yeah. can, I mean, we do, we took Friday the 13th, which was what, 12, 13 movies. And we stretched that into two. Yeah. This is an entire yeah. subgenre. It's oh, got to totally. be two episodes. Totally. Has totally. To be. Uh, okay. Well, thanks guys. And uh, we will see you next time. Good night, everybody. Don't forget to follow Twitter. Bye-bye. Yeah.